You're a ma- you're a, you're a magician. Yeah, look, he fell asleep. This is adorable. Oh God. Let me see. Oh yeah, I can. And now. It's the future. It's the future. Oh, here's the sound. He's just chilling. I like this, dude. I like this. I like that you like to chill with me. Thank you. I needed the cuddles. He's asleep now. Just do a test, 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 test. Good old doges. I. I'm good, and then eventually I'll just get what you got. Let's see if I can even just lower this a little. Burp, 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 burp. Yeah, so what I'll do next time is I'll set us up with your mic. Okay, I know what I need to do for the future. Word. One second. One Skirt. Second. No, don't worry, man. One last flirty text. Now. We make it happen. I can train you. Flirty text. Um, There's this flute player. Um, Are we rolling right now? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to. I'm not <laughs> going to say what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not, good. That's, that's this not. Totally won't make no. it. If you listen, it it's not for your eardrums. Not nope. for you, this baby. Not for you. Uh, premium subscribers. Yeah, on our, Patre- uh, our Patreon. On a uh, yeah, Patreon that exist yet. We'll, yeah, we'll the very real Patreon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Premium, our premium Snapchat. Our, our OnlyFans account. Hashtag OnlyFans. <laughs> hashtag True Fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't that isn't that a thing? So you haven't been in the dating pool in a while, but how would you feel if you were and you found out <laughs> the girl you're dating has the OnlyFans account? I'm not saying it's happened to me, but I thought about it and I don't know what I would do if I went into that situation. And and you're not a fan? It's tough. I mean, <sighs> it just depends. Are you getting supported by this? It's just like yeah, a- I mean, like, okay, so yeah, I would be okay if she bought me dinner from, from the money she makes from that, I think yeah, it's a I fair compromise. Okay. You get yeah. some dinners off, of, you yeah. know, a couple. I get some dinners. Some, 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 yeah. some finstas. Some finstas. Like I get like uh, privileged access. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, you're lucky because you you get free. You get you get a oh free yeah. I don't have in. to pay. Well, that's assuming that it gets that far. But <laughs> this is like this is something like you maybe find out on the second or third date and you're kind of already invested and you kind of start liking this guy. You have, you've already started to commit and then you yeah, find out but then you're like, there's some oh. premium Snapchat action going on. Yeah. So like, what do you do? Do you be like, so how do I get in on this? <laughs> so, like, so I was thinking maybe we could like take some pictures together. <laughs> maybe I make an account. Or, dude, you're looking fresh. So you could you could pull off your, your premium account. Bro. Drew's Drew's the epitome of style. Dude, I literally I look like I, I walked off an airplane. For the first time since high school. Dude, that's I've had a six pack once in my life. Oh man. Well when I was tiny, when when you're like 
tiny and skinny, it like doesn't quite count. But tiny and it's skinny. like when you when you have no, to work it for it, that's when it counts. No, it does count every time, dog. We're all tiny and skinny until high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> dude, I dude, that's all I eat now. I just, Cheetos. <laughs> I just I get I get the drip bag of high fructose corn uh, syrup. Cheetos and cereal. Oh, what does it do for you? Does it just like dude, it does you- everything. Does just doesn't do you get like superpowers? It's like it's like it's like microdosing, but the opposite. Oh man! And so you like you have like these geometric patterns of love and understanding <laughs> coming up and giving you a hug. Oh, thank you, corn syrup. Something, I something. Fractals sit on my couch. I love you. I but, love fractals. Oh my god! Speaking of fractals, yeah. welcome everybody to the Faking Notes podcast. Faking Notes podcast. Where- welcome. It is the year 2020, and uh, a ev- lot has changed. So much has changed since uh, 2019. Don't lie to the people, Trevor. Nothing it's has not, changed. It's Everything's not nice the same. To lie. We might have World War Three. Oh, that's fun! Isn't it exciting? I wanted. I feel like we were we were ahead of the game because we talked about. We've been talking so much about World War One and Two on this podcast, bro. Before we go down this rabbit hole, this I just wanted hole. to justify the fractal segue. Okay, let's hear it. And I think that. Our intros are like fractals. They always start uniquely and they're never the same. And they're ever repeating and you never know when they begin or end. Thank you, Drew. Bro, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you how you build segues. We gotta justify things. Segways. Segway. And Se- so segway. you know what's also unpredictable, like a fractal, the situation in Iran. Dude, it's wild. Okay, yeah. so Damn. For, for those we're recording this, recording most of our pods live now. So this is live, 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 live. And uh, same day. It looks wild. It looks yeah, wild. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, um, did you see the uh, few? Did you see? So there are a couple things that I saw online that were really compelling. The first being the leader of Iran saying, and of course I don't speak, um, is it, do I speak Arabic? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to say, is it Farsi? I don't know. Maybe that sounds right, but see, I'm a dumb American. I'm really dumb. Doesn't know That's anything. the problem. Yeah, I used to know in like middle school social studies, but since then we haven't really covered it. Um, so my, what I mean to say is, I saw a video where there were subtitles. I don't speak the language, so I don't know if this is an accurate a- an accurate depiction of what he said. However, the subtitles conveyed a message that we are not here to go to war with the American people. When we say death to America, we say death to the people in power. And when I saw that, I was like, whew. <laughs> well, I can't okay. remember someone else was talking about. So it's like, a, I, I of course don't I know how to pronounce better. it, but it's like a pretty common phrase. Uh, like they say, you know, it's- So it's like Homer Simpson and don't, don't. It's but just over like, there death to America, is, death to America. America. I mean, it's not stub good. Your, stub your tone. You, it's death to America. God damn it. However you translate it. It's not, not too good. But oh, yeah. Instead of like, God bless you when you sneeze. It's just, yeah. <laughs> death, death to, to America. America. Death to America. You, but, death to America to, the, to you too, bro. <laughs> to you too. I, thank you. It's like it's like the reverse happy war on holidays. Christmas. Yeah, happy. No, it's not happy holidays. It's death to America. Death to America. Oh, man, I love you too. I love you too, man. <laughs> Dude, I love when you get together as a family man, and wish- I, Wish each other death to America. Dad, it's so great to see you open up like this. Well, you know, son, back in my day, you couldn't wish death to America. Really? What was that? That that must have been really scary and stifling, Dad. I I, I don't know where I'm going to take this bit. So let's 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 just continue on. So. Oh, you just ended with death death to America. Death to America. Death yeah. To America. Hashtag 
death of America. So so when we run for political office in like 30, 40 years for like county commissioner of some obscure random mm. county, uh, they're going to use this this episode against us. Drew Ford says he supports you, but here he is saying death to America over 42 times in a podcast. Yeah. Drew Ford, death to America. Here's I'm a- Trevor Bumgarner, and I support this message. And uh, Yeah, no, we're running against we're running each against other. Yeah, each we're other. just attacking each other from little <laughs> bits that we pick out from our podcast <laughs> that we did. It's like, that was the old me. It was it's just poorly edited, like... It- just un. I really wish death to America. Oh, it's just fake. No, what it is is it's uh, those um, deep fakes <laughs> where it amalgamates all of the videos that we've ever done too, um, and it superimposes like different words that we've said over our entire lifetime on the internet. Uh, but all joking aside, like I'm never running for public office. Like I think when well, thanks you, to this podcast, it's not going to happen. When you Continue. start making content as a social media entity or as a comedian, I think you kind of, for the sake of entertainment, do things that if taken out of context will be incredibly damning. And I just don't think that that's a very healthy uh, healthy way to live your life. Someone yeah. did say this, and there's of course negatives like always, but one, one, if any, of course, I went to a, too much of an extreme, but one of the maybe two positives of Trump as compared to the thousand negatives uh, overall was that it seems to have reduced the value of the pageantry of the president mm. to where before, you know, like in the quotations, not political correctness, but political politeness, mm. like the need to have to go through these seemingly aimless pageantry mm-hmm. uh, or politeness. Like, if you're president in this day and age, it's okay. You should be able to use a curse word without it causing an uprising. Now, of course, it's been taken to the extreme to where it's it's devalued and, and it's, uh, kind of put shame on the presidency to where it's kind of disgusting and political. Like, yeah, yes, uh, our officials should carry themselves with some decorum, but this kind of false piousness about like having to appear so pure and having mm. to appear so polished, that's at least one benefit is that's kind of thrown out the window entirely. And I think we could use some of that to not, not have the need to go through so much ceremony and this like fake cleanliness. Uh, I, so I think in this future, for instance, like even 10 years ago, you know, the moment a dick pic drops, the moment any having sexual scanner, oh yeah. God. If he Anthony Weiner, Anthony yeah. Weiner, if it <coughs> happens, now, the whole underage thing that kind of puts the sham. But for the most part, if you go through any type of situation on this front, uh, releasing nudie pics, in a, inappropriate comments, whatever, it might, it shouldn't, probably shouldn't damage you as much. Mm. Uh, as it would have even a couple years ago, and it really shouldn't. And we're gonna we're gonna bump into that because because I have all these dick pics all of flying these, around because Snapchat. Because I've got know? them on my Dropbox, and I got a duplicate <laughs> file on Drive, and then got iCloud, got and my iPhone, my Time Machine, my dick pic yeah, Time Machine, my dick machine, got my hard drives. Uh, I got to have them on SSDs. Yeah, you got to put the Ds on the Ds. Got but, um, in the cloud too. I need you need instant access to these dick pics. Yeah. But it, it, it's kind of nice that you should be able to. Well, yes, you need to carry yourself with some decorum, but these types of things, almost everyone, a vast majority, unless you were 
knew you were going to be in political office since you were a little kid. I don't think we should be punishing people through their teen years, even their midlife, mm-hmm. uh, to hold them up to the account of the this ideal politician. We're, we're not going to have many people available mm-hmm. with uh, pure, to be able to pass this purity test. Mm-hmm. And particularly now, because anyone who's going to be running for office, there's just a 90% chance from our generation, is going to have done something stupid and something stupid that was documented. Mm-hmm. So I'm sick of all these, these, this older generation, like wandering around like they've done great things. They just didn't have it documented. You hear about that from all these sports, uh, these just like kind of like uh, are the old greats in sports. Like if Michael Jordan had a, had as much access uh, to like his daily life mm-hmm. as anyone else, it would not look good. Mm-hmm. Any of these greats, they'll, even they admitted themselves. They're like, we were so lucky we didn't have to deal with social media to where they weren't being documented at all hours of the day and stuff that would easily get them canceled now. Mm. Which is why it's so impressive when you have a LeBron James, who's a superstar, mm. is in this age, and has somehow still gotten through and like waded those waters. Well, I think it's, it's, it's very complex. One thing that I find is that this is all new. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're just learning how to deal with it. Just like we were learning how to deal with telephone etiquette, how we were learning how to deal with um, just just social issues, transitioning. There are always times of transition. It's always scary. But I, I want to go back to what you said earlier about how Trump is devaluing the, the, the piousness or, or, or a lot of people love to say, and I'm, I hate talking about politics, but this is not really political. I don't think he's devaluing the value of the, or the, the esteem of the presidency. I, I don't think he's that powerful. I think that the history of the presidency speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Just because you have one jackass in office, and we've had a few in recent years, but one person doesn't change that. And I think if we believe that, then we don't have enough faith in our democracy, which is a big problem. Because democracy is only strong when people have faith in it. And that's one thing I I really want to see more in discourse is we need to care about the integrity of the office and stop whining about the person there and figure out what are we going to do about it and how are we going to react to it as a people. And this it's just this perfect storm of social media changing how we interact and also a president who is... uh, not very careful with their words and they don't respect <laughs> the power behind their words um, and their actions. And so we're just seeing this is as bad as it could probably get short of nuclear war. And we're, you know, and, that's and we need a timestamp. It is January 5th in case it starts. January 6th. Yeah. 3 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Eastern that's what, Pacific that's, time. Honestly, I've been thinking about- Because we've talked about nuclear war recently. You specifically have been like This is something that's me. increasingly becoming more bothersome to me because like I, like I just have these cycles where I go back and I go into these deep dives of history. And I recently saw a World War II, two World War II documentaries in color where they digitally re-added mm-hmm. color into black and white, never before seen footage. And just watching footage of the firebombings of Dresden, firebombings of Tokyo, the ultimate uh, bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And just this level of 
we now have technology where we can wage total war. It's not armies. Mm-hmm. Now it's people with Xbox controllers controlling drones, shooting up hospitals, shooting up wedding weddings, and, and trying to kill strategic targets, right? We are so divorced from the idea of the suffering and pain that we cause militarily that it doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility that it, somebody's going to be crazy, have way too much Adderall, have way too much alcohol <laughs> and flip open a football and hit that button and start the end of all times. I can't remember. We need there to was, get rid of nuclear weapons. There was we some. To, it, yeah, it's too powerful. It's too easy. We don't need it. It's too powerful. It's too uh, easy. It 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 gives us it gives everyone problems because it infects the environment immediately. Like no matter how far away you're from, there will be some fallout. Literally. Mm. Uh, and uh, metaphorically, there will be some fallout that's going to come your way. And I can't remember. There's some report, maybe it's in the past two or three years, that kind of went through and detailed the process of giving access to nuclear weapons and also just their facilities. And they were talking about being able to walk through, like, the security, like, these, like it's using ancient technology. We're talking, like, f- floppy disk age era mm-hmm. technology mm-hmm. that controls mm-hmm the nukes and mm-hmm. that, I can't remember the person, but it, the, the story was he just kind of just walked in there through a screen door. Like they just left a door unlocked and, and you could just, like anyone could just walk up and just have access to can the I, can I, I, I think that's bad. What, what, what I argue about, I think the low tech is actually really not the worst idea because of cyber. Keep them off. It's no, just like cyber yeah. attacks. It's just like can't this, protect these, nukes, these nukes on 5G? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, let me go into the cloud and like set off this nuke. Hacker, but, but see, it's 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 divorced from this system where people can access. At least mm-hmm. the way I understand it, to where people can access it from a distance, which I think honestly is kind of dope. And I would love <laughs> for it to remain that way, off the cloud, off the system, out of the internet. Yeah, but the, the only difference is, is I don't think it's an active choice to keep it off the cloud. I think it's a typical. American thing and and just uh, an issue with our government and people supporting. We've talked about this. The idea of maintenance is just ne- has never been as sexy as getting the new shiny new toy. We don't nowadays. We don't like to repair things. We don't like to maintain things or even upgrade. We we want new shiny stuff. And so I don't think it's at least from my reading of it an act of choice to keep it off the grid and keep it ancient technology. It's just. We, we always invest in a new stuff and we haven't overhauled this system. Mm-hmm. And that the reason why it's sitting there in 1970s computers and, and tech and essentially unsecured is because we just haven't invested money and to overhaul it. Because we're trying to both get rid of them and protect access to them. And I think that's what's causing the issue. But to s- circle it back in towards Iran, it's this is going to be a wild time. And one thing that We'll see how it all pans out. Uh, I just, I, I yeah. want to do a hard stop. Yeah. And I'm a person who loves to debate things. I love to hear new information. Mm-hmm. I love to be open-minded about things. This is one of the few things in my life that I think I'm going to really, there's going to, you're going to have a hard time dissuading me from this position where mm-hmm. we need to get rid of all of the fucking nuclear weapons we have no on need planet for earth if we want ourselves 
the human race to survive. If you don't care about your grandchildren's well-being, <laughs> if you don't care about your great-grandchildren, if you don't, if you like worrying about just one person, maybe not now, maybe 150 years from now, having access to the capability to destroy the capability for humans to live on this planet instead of healing this planet, healing the planet, this planet for our habitation, destroying it for our habitation because they want to feel like a big man, like Harry mm -hmm. Truman. I, I will never agree, agree with you on this. Mm -hmm. I will never agree with you. We don't I, need them. I care. <laughs> Get them out of here. No, I, mm -hmm. I care about humans. I also care about animals. I also care about the planet Earth. And I don't see a world where having nuclear weapons will be a positive, uh, a positive way to create this, this life on this planet. Maybe harnessing it in a different way for nuclear fusion. Mm -hmm. Maybe well, yeah, sustainable energy, right? But that's the... We, People don't, I don't think they think about it. When you use nuclear weapons, you use the fabric of space time, my guy. The stuff <laughs> that this reality is made of. You use that and warp it to create explosions and burn and incinerate people alive. And then make it to their to where their areas are uninhabitable for hundreds of years because of radioactivity, which destroys and shotguns your DNA at a an atomic level. Do you want to be a part of that? Do you want that? Let me pencil that in. You for want Wednesday. that with your raisin bran in the morning? <laughs> you want some uh, some plutonium? Radiant radium bran. Oh yeah yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> radium bran. Yeah. Oh man. It makes you That's shit out of all your orifices. The, nuclear. Yeah, nu <laughs> it makes your shits nuclear. The ne the new fiber. Yeah. So I I didn't mean to go on that. I'm just legitimately scared. And well, it, it, it's it's another thing. If we just if we woke up tomorrow and we got rid of them all, the world would be much safer. And it's and for this, it's a particularly human choice. Like this isn't as as complicated or or as hard to execute as say dealing with climate change overall. Like there's so many things we can do that would be hard to better prepare the human race and civilization to survive for a long time. Well, Probably one of the easiest things we could do is getting rid of nukes because. Even being, you know, in parentheses, the good guys and having nukes, you're not always going to be like that. But that's you don't hard, know. Trevor. Yeah, but you don't know. What no, do you, I'm not saying what it's what easy, we, but compared to everything else, like overhauling your entire energy system, obviously is going to be complicated. But it should be done. But it, it's very comparatively simple thing to do to just increase the odds of the human race surviving longer is getting rid of nukes. But because what, it's something we've made. It's something we have control of. Yeah. We can destroy it. It's a couple items. Knock them out. But it's it's not easy. Devil's advocate. Yeah. What do we do about, quote, quote, others, like, quote, quote, evil enemy regimes yeah, yeah. that have the weapons? Well, well we that's why I kept trying case. to count shit. Like, easy, comparatively speaking, to, like, overhauling the global energy system. Like, a lot of our problems are huge and also would take massive cooperation. This, by scale, is you're dealing with items we created that we can also dispose of as opposed to massive global energy, food overhauls, mm -hmm. sciencing our way out of this. Uh, by having nukes, it's kind of, it's this, it's the same thing. Like, you know, having a gun in your house greatly increases the chance of shooting someone, someone dying in your house. It's significant. Yeah, because, the yeah, there. because there's a gun there. Yeah. Swimming pool, having a swimming pool greatly in, increases your chance of drowning. Having nukes, 
just greatly increases the chance that you'll kill someone. It's 100%. nukes in the house. I agree. That's something you can, like, just like a gun, a nuke is something we can get rid of. It's but that's, not but that, that's, that's, the house. Sim- that's, that's too simple of a way to think about it, though, because we have to realize that just because we've discovered it, yeah. Pandora's box has already been opened. That's why Oppenheimer was quoting, mm-hmm. I forget who he was quoting. He was like, I am become death. I, I destroy, destroy worlds. worlds, right? Yeah. When he saw the first nuclear explosion. This, it's, they're not going to go away. The knowledge is out now. Mm-hmm. So now that we have places that are researching it, North Korea being one of them that's very scary, researching it, somebody's going to have these weapons or somebody's going to want to make these weapons. How do we dissuade people from wanting to build this? First of all, people want to build this because they are afraid that they won't be able to it's survive. Keep, it's your keep your power. No, yeah. I'm, so yeah. how do we dissuade people? I just people? wasn't simplifying. This is obviously not going to be easy. It's just yeah. comparative to some of the other things. It's something, it's a problem we can tackle and and one good example of how to go about it. It's yeah, not perfect, that's what I'm Was the about. Iran deal? Yeah, and exactly. that got shredded. Yeah, yeah, it got and, shredded. Yeah. and because these are, it, it makes perfect sense for new, uh, North Korea to try to get nukes because they have no resources. They have no resources, and they're gonna get they're gonna get taken out. If they were closer to America and weren't like laughable in other senses, they're the most brutal regime in the world for how they treat their citizens. Mm. Uh, yeah, in the most it's repressive, it's the Stone Age. It's, it's not good. It's it's uh, crimes crimes every day, but and nukes allow them to yeah. keep treating their people like that because they threaten if we go invade. Bye bye South Korea. They're yeah. a friend. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be responsible. Millions for that. of people there. So how do we fix situations like this? Diplomacy, trade, mm-hmm. really. Maybe education, maybe build, help, helping investing in their infrastructure, investing in their ability. That's kind of what the Iran deal was. Was trying so, to do, yeah. Exactly. And one of the big ironies of the the Trump administration is like what they wanted to do with North. Korea, the best case scenario for North Korea and what they kept asking for is actually just the <laughs> Iran deal, but for North Korea, and that was that's the best case scenario we'd have. And it was a terrible deal. It was a terrible deal because uh, I didn't make it. Obama. Meh. We don't get all of the benefits. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not how deals work. We will actually have to help out brown people. Brown people. We can't have that. We like bombing them way more. And it's true because the I guess the only way to combat it, and we're trying, it's, it's hard. There's obviously not an easy solution to this particular thing because Pandora's box. Everyone's going to have access to this. But with the idea that you do open up trade, if you improve the lives of people in general there's just less of an incentive to build up weapons because then you become codependent. See, the problem with North Korea too is it's really hard to, if not uh, China supporting, it's really- And China's It's, it's hard to, if, if everyone's cut off from the world, uh, then you can't, you're not as codependent in an international relations sense. So it doesn't matter if your allies or even your neighboring, uh, your neighboring countries try to squeeze you or put an impact on you. Because you have friends internationally yeah. and you can weather a, you a can weather You can weather it also. Weather a storm. Uh, if you're not dependent on others, it, it doesn't necessarily matter what happens to them. And when we've been able to successfully squeeze other countries, uh, China, if you can squeeze China to put pressure on North Korea, like that's, that's who, who's, who's giving them that. And same with Iran. They were arguably a year or two away 
from having to do something drastic because of sanctions. They were getting they were getting crippled. Sanctions they don't were work. starving. They don't they don't work. It's 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 these these were by econ- big yeah. Well, these were and it was squeezing, and we were kind of getting well, what we want, and we sanctioned them into. These actually were. They actually did work because it brought them to to accept the deal. What what I mean what I mean by sanctions uh, don't work is that yes, they may be mm-hmm. political strong arming and and a uh, a shoe in for uh, actual military conflict. I, they they cause the people to suffer in. in and they also caused people to get drastic. Like we sanctions brought us the attack on Pearl Harbor. That's yeah. the reason why we just said we're not going to give you oil, so you can't attack China, right? So they make people suffer. Like they they sometimes can strong arm people, and they are better than mm-hmm. more. But I think that there are other more productive ways to do diplomacy. Well, I'm not saying yeah. it's part, and that works yeah. for every scenario. But yeah. a particular example, of course, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't even matter now. We but, don't have a deal anymore. But with prior to the Iran deal, what brought them to the table yeah. was they were getting close to collapse. Yeah. And so uh, the deal was a good deal for them, and it worked out for them. It improved uh, a lot of metrics over there because they needed it. They were getting uh, sanctioned into the ground. And when those people are unhappy, who are they going to go against? They're the government against was the government. The government that was putting them in there. But it was working against. Book. I can't remember the playbook. It was also very effective, but things didn't turn away. We were Guatemala, Venezuela. Yeah. Well, we were squashing uh, Russia. If you go back to like 2012 and prior to that, Russia was not doing well because yeah. the price of oil was finally dropping. The value of that, and that's a you know a significant percentage of their economy. <laughs> that's why. And these Hitler other sanctions. Yeah. yeah, and all these other. Sanctions were actually working at them. And I can't remember what happened was they got lucky on the uh, natural gas Mm -hmm. and then some of these other industry flips that just they're very fortunate to escape from. And then now what they've done in the last couple of years uh, has completely turned their fortune around. Oh, my God. I'm so out of my depth. Geopolitical games are not my wheelhouse I don't know anything. I'm dumb. I'm just, I'm <laughs> oh just yeah, a yeah. Musician. Disclaimer: We don't know. We don't do. I'm any. a musician, comedian. I don't know a goddamn thing, but I just, I just know. At the end of the day, if we're gonna really survive thousands of years into the future, tens of thousands, we talk about like, oh, the sun's only gonna burn for ten billion years, yeah. bro. But we're not. I'm trying to get that. past the 21st century, my guy. Like, yeah. I'm trying to see if we're gonna <laughs> still be around. We need to look at our planet as a spaceship that we all share and mm-hmm. that uh, we all kind of, because we're connected by the internet, because we were connected by trade and technology, we need to think more globally. globally. But that's scary for people. And yes, I understand uh, the globalism isn't entirely good. Capitalism isn't entirely good. Communism isn't entirely Good or Almost bad. nothing's perfect. Nothing is, nothing's perfect. It's shades of gray out here, my God. But we need to start realizing that Iran is valuable for us as Americans because it exists. Those people are valuable people, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be bombing them, and we shouldn't even be thinking about going. It's to a war. lot of people too. I think war it, needs to end. It, it gets lost on us because again, it's distance. And mm-hmm. I think one of the benefits of to something we can talk about is all the Iranian people we've met. And I've met several of them, several composers, and they're all ridiculously kind, 
ridiculously nice, often ridiculously liberal. <laughs> and because there's there's a really strong uh, Iranian intelligentsia or whatever. There's a very particularly within their like their university systems. A lot of some of our brightest Americans now are either f- from Iran, first generation, second generation Iranians, and they've come over here and often they're, they're the staunchest voices against their own government. They've mm-hmm. come here, they'll still travel back there. Mm-hmm. They've got family back there. And particularly any, anytime something comes up, I'm not reaching out to them so that, you know, like they have to teach me anything, but just listening, me sitting back and listening to what they say is often the most valuable thing because they, they're the ones who've lived with it. They went through in the seventies with the regime change, all this change before and after. And, again, is something you've said and everyone says, you know, the people aren't their government. And in particular with Iranians, it's so stark because of the contrast, same with our Turkish friends, the contrast between their current government system and the people we meet. All of the, all of our like Iranian colleagues are incredible musicians, incredibly talented, smart. They, they weren't, they've overcome any repression that they've dealt with. And they're, they're on the, the front lines, like fighting against the this this system and this government and so that's that's at least who i'll be trying to listen to to see what they say because they have more skin in the game than anyone else Mm -hmm. it's it's their families it's their past it's their future i'll listen to them i just don't i don't want to go to war with people um it we we realize it's a bold stance drew (laughs) okay so (laughs) i'm rochelle with the hard, and, uh, hard Thank knock. you so much. I'm so happy to be a semifinalist here at Miss Santa Cruz. Miss and <laughs> I just want to say, I got really choked up when I was playing my violin. World peace. Because, you know, I just see all this fighting in the world and it's making me so sad. And I just, to answer your question, Regis, I just want world peace. Is that <laughs> your final answer? Peace, okay. Standing ovation. Oh, she's so brilliant, so eloquent. Oh my god! World peace. Yeah. Miss Congeniality. Great movie. I, I saw that on the plane. That's that was my inspiration for that. I movie. just saw. Yeah, uh, saw it rewatched it in Denver. It's a classic. It's it's a classic. It's a classic. Sandra Bullock. Okay. What a straight badass. up Sandra Bullock. Fine as fuck, man. Like she's queen. Straight up, she's queen. And the Michael Caine, also fine. Who's, who's that? He's the old dude who coaches her. Oh also yeah, from, oh, yeah no, also Batman. I love, I love him. I love him. Uh, I will say that I like women that can make me laugh, and Sandra Bullock had me crying. She's funny. She's funny. Who is? I wonder what her first big film was. Speed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Great movie. Underestimated. I haven't seen it. Under bro. 90s Keanu Reeves is probably for me. 90s Keanu Reeves was like the first peak, and then oh uh, my god, it John finally Rick, happened. So I can't know. remember. I told, so I finally got uh, Amy to watch. We were, I was like, okay, it's time to watch The Matrix, and she yeah. really liked the first one. Uh huh. And then we watched the second one, yeah, and the third. And I was like, ooh, like yeah. I think I watched it in uh, adulthood too. These but, hit different. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting, yeah, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, uh. <laughs> Uh, These aren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first Matrix, it, it should have been the only. Um, it was so good. 
It just because you didn't know. You're yeah. Like, is he, what? And it still stands. It still looks good. It still looks good. Well, the good. second one, just like the, the story goes off the rails. And mm-hmm. it's a bummer because you know it could be better, but they just. I mean, it wasn't it's just meant Lucy to keep Goosey. going. It yeah. wasn't meant to keep going. It was supposed to just be this. I this this. It's supposed to be an allegory for reality itself. Mm-hmm. Are we really in a simulation? Are we living? Yeah. Are we actually? Yeah. But the, do you choose to submit? Yeah, and the story was to stay like, asleep, or are you going to wake up and struggle? The original woke, woke Bro. movie. But it's true. It's like the people that wake up are the ones that struggle and suffer the most. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Freakonomics Radio last Which one? night. Uh, it was a rebroadcast and an update to the Andrew Yang conversation. Oh, I, I listened to it. It's great, dude. And, he's he's fun to listen to. When he talks about, as an entrepreneur, like when he talks about the real shift of markets mm-hmm. and what hit me, didn't hit me the first time, what hit me different now was when he talked about in the early 1900s when they we went to factories and we started having labor unions and labor mm-hmm. strikes and how bloody those were. Bro, we learn about world and American history way too early in our lives and we don't ever really return to it. I remember reading some of this stuff in like fourth and fifth grade in our social studies book, but not caring. Oh, like and, you know, it's it's funny being in adulthood now and like trying to go out and stuff. So pretty much what I've been doing the past <laughs> uh, couple, couple, a few years is re-going to things I went to as a kid and just actually appreciating it. So even when I was back in Charlotte, just a couple uh, days ago in North Carolina, going to Discovery Place, which is like the big science center for kids, because mm-hmm. I must have gone there 15 times, like growing up. But of course, you didn't appreciate it. So I'm going back there now, reading the things, going back to old museums, um, going back to classes, doing all these things that as a kid, all I wanted to do was just sit in the corner and play my Game Boy or just hang yeah, out or try to impress, impress other people. Yeah. And now returning to it and actually trying to learn. And I think that's one of the, the hard parts is that we're, since, since you're forced to do things, only for some people will that click and, and help them out. But that's probably a much smaller percentage. Like now returning to these things with a renewed sense of appreciation, I'm just like, man, I was such a, a little punk. Because <laughs> it's like my parents, other people, I went to all these like great things and I just, I didn't pay attention. I didn't care. And now that's... That's the type of stuff I like to do. It's not your fault. You were a kid. Yeah, we didn't know. You you wanted to have a childhood, and you didn't want to realize how fucked up the world was. Also, our problem was we got educated in the South. And it's sugar-coated. It's not painted like... It's not painted... States rights. Well, we we don't understand... Yeah. But, like, when we're kids, we don't understand, like, the actual impact that people have on people. And as you get older and people impact you and make you feel some way, it makes you more aware of your possible impact and your actions on other people. And you don't know, like your action, you may have done something selfish, but you may have hurt somebody and Mm -hmm. ended up making them have a complex for the rest of their life because of how you treated them. And you just don't understand the externalities of your actions. And then that's just dealing with you. Then you look back at history and see like, oh, you mean like just technology was a thing and then people lost their jobs and then they tried to get these other jobs, but then these new jobs that they had, their bosses made them work too hard and they also were employing children and children had to work too. global scale. Like, look, like people had to, we had to make new rules because people are just going to take advantage of each other. 
And now we're going through a phase of life where it's not just factories, but it's it's AI making people obsolete. And not everybody is the same. There mm-hmm. are people that don't go to Juilliard. Are they less wait, valuable? Are there wait, people that don't people, go to Harvard? Wait, some people don't, don't go to Juilliard too? I only know people who There's Juilliard. some people that don't want to learn how to code. There's some people that don't want to, you know, drive for Lyft or want to be want to be truck that, drivers but it, that's what they that's what they, can they do. have to do but I, that's what they have to it's do it's such a wild that's the and complicated system because we both and to try to find a solution it's just who knows but there's all these like multiple conflicting ideas floating around there that we have to satisfy because humans actually we, we like working we like doing mm-hmm. something uh, so yeah, it's bad for do. it's bad for our health to stop working. You say yeah. retirees. If you don't have a plan and you don't continue doing something, you're gonna fade fast. Yeah. Like, but so we like the work. We we've and then the I guess the political term is like the value of work, the right to work. We want to be able to work. But then that contrast. One of the problems now is our societies that you have to work, and you have to do stuff you don't want to do, and. What we're coming into is we're finally, I think it can be a net good. It's going to cause a lot of problems, which is what Yang is talking about. Because we can finally get, we can, it's a, we're about to hit another wave of getting rid of things that we just don't have to do. Like, yes, we should be able to work. You should be able to do stuff, contribute. It's healthy for you to, mm-hmm. to some extent, to work some. It gives you a sense of accomplishment, pride, providing for the family. But do we need, a significant percentage of our economy in the service industry. Like, are you as waiting tables, driving a Lyft, doing Uber, working in a factory, something that could be replaced? Is is that the best use of your time? And I'd say probably not in the long run. Uh, But you need to do something and we have to find out what that is. And so one of the the perks, there's a lot of problems with it, but one of the perks of a UBI system is I think it, Universal basic income yeah. for anybody who doesn't understand Andrew Yang or what he's or talking about. or what we've been just talking about yeah. for a long time. Like what's his what's his proposed plan for him? I mean, it's the a freedom dividend of a thousand dollars. He'll he'll give the speech. Like look it up. He always brings it back. But one of the one of the the ideas behind a UBI is of course to divert funds um, from this larger pool that's generated from new technology from local resources, and then give that back as kind of like a stipend. Uh, in order to free people up. And th- a lot of the benefits are, for instance, he he always references this, and I think they might have mentioned it in that Freakonomics episode, uh, in that, for instance, he's, he's just like, his wife stays at home and takes care of their kids. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that is infinite. He's like, he, he says himself, that's more valuable than most of the stuff it's I do. Pre- it's productive, it's, but it's, it's not. Super, it's not valued. It valued in he's the like, GDP. in a capitalist system yeah. that is worthless. Points. It's well, the not person who coined GDP, and they talk about this in the episode, oh yeah, yeah, didn't want. He said it's not a good measure of of economic productivity in a nation. Yeah. It misses out on a lot of factors, and of course, a lot and, of oh yeah, and he didn't want them to factors use factors that women contribute yeah. to the society, which is really fucked yeah. up. Or just in general, like art, happiness, like it just it just leaves it out of the number. And of course, the guy you know who's like, do not use this as that metric. And, and then of, of course, course they use it. Of course, it's like the most. Revered metric, but one one of the perks is that then it frees people 
who who do work that isn't valued yeah. monetarily, you still receive something. Yeah. Uh, it can cover the bases. Like no one should Healthcare. go hungry in America. No one should go go hun- No one should yeah. go hungry in America. Yeah. We have we have too much we money. Have too much food too. Also, so many people too. are can so many people contribute to society and just aren't comp- compensated. Another benefit too is is so many people are also trapped in like abusive relationships, abusive situations, terrible bosses because they can't leave the job. It's like, do you have to be like that in America? Like, is that the best use of that person's life to be trapped in a bad relationship, a bad, a bad work environment, a bad location, bad family, whatever it is? Most people are stuck in these things. Uh, so are you trying because to of financial financial situ- situations? Are we justifying the UBI? Is that what we're doing right now? Uh, well, there's there's issues, and okay. we probably won't even get into that. Like, it's not a perfect system, but also it's not total fantasy land. That's how it works in Alaska. Mm-hmm. They already have a UBI. Well, they don't really have much of an economy because, to stimulate. Because, like, because if you know. live there and you can make it happen, there's so much money is pulled from your land, your resources, oil, mm-hmm. that you are giving a percentage because it's harder to live there. Mm-hmm. So they make up for it. And again, it's not a perfect system. A but drugs, for me, yeah. I think one of the net benefits, so one of the things people argue against is like, oh, if you just give everyone free money, uh, they just won't work or do anything. That's not true. And also, I think that's not true because we have this innate desire. Yeah. We have all this time off. We I want to do the something. same podcast. Dude. Yeah, we're on we the just, same team. We're, all the, we're, mm-hmm. on, we're on a podcast together. No, but yeah, like we didn't, we weren't working, and then we made this podcast. So uh, value that. So now we're working. Value quote, quote. value that quote, quote. as you may. But one of the perks for me is like. I, I can't remember. It wasn't on that particular podcast or that article, but it was someone else well before Andrew, Ning, year, Andrew Yang, years back, talking about UBI. And one of the benefits was he proposed, he's like, say if you, there was a UBI, everyone got X amount of money. Uh, it's enough to cover the bases. So you wouldn't have to work a garbage job, uh, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't die. You know, you could, you could at least hit the fundamentals of surviving the society. You wouldn't have much beyond that, but uh, you you'd be free to not work and still survive, and he said. So say if you look at one hundred out of every hundred persons, say ninety nine of them decided they weren't going to do it a damn thing. They sat at home and did nothing. It's like say we know that wouldn't happen, but say that say ninety nine percent of the people don't do anything. Say that one person one person contributed a new invention, advanced society in some way, a new piece of art. See one out of a hundred people did something. And he says, that doesn't sound like much, right? But actually, if you look at how many new inventions, people who are going out and like making actual contributions to society, it's, you know, one out of every 100,000. Mm-hmm. It's like that is a significantly better percentage mm-hmm. and better for our society. And that's even our kind of worst case scenario. Because mm-hmm. think of how many, how many little genius kids or people who could help are trapped in poverty, are uh, uh, devoid of opportunities, uh, their parents, yeah, their mean, parents aren't at home because their parents are working, clean, you know, working two jobs, cleaning schools, then going into the office, cleaning that office. They're never around. They're never around their kids uh, because they they have to get enough just to survive uh, and not have everyone starve to death or have one medical bill that sinks their family into the ground. Like if you just gave money, if you just took away the poverty aspect, uh, it would free up that future generation and the current generation to invent something, to contribute in some meaningful way. We're creative. Yeah. Like this is what Elon Musk told Joe Rogan. It's like humans are the the bootloader 
of AI, of like this artificial intelligence. And so it is incumbent upon us. We are now, technology has always made our lives easier. It's always made it to where we didn't have to work as hard physically, Mm -hmm. right? And it always freed up more time for us to pontificate, to create, to be creative. I don't care how uncreative you feel as a human out there. I know a lot of it may be due to your environment that's killing your creativity. We are inherently creative as a species. It's the reason why we dominate this planet. Now, like allowing ourselves, instead of spending all of our hours in an office, putting someone on an Excel sheet, Mm -hmm. making these statistical grabs for companies to then make decisions on, now AI and machine learning is starting to do that. Biggest case in point, and this is the segue I wanted to talk about. Segway. Was, was how Microsoft, Google, and Facebook are using machine learning AI to now, uh, well, what Google did is they've, all their data centers, Google owns YouTube. YouTube has, I've said it before, like 400 hours of footage uploaded to its website every second. 400 hours. That all that space and storage and bandwidth costs a lot of money and a lot, a lot of energy. The data centers mm. of these tech companies. There's one. Their Apple's got one five minutes from my house. It's it's they're huge. Yeah, they're massive. They they paid some, you know, some you know Hickory Hickory home hometown hillbilly. Yeah, one of my neighbors. Yeah, or not neighbor, but you know, a couple minutes away. Yeah. Uh, they just bought this little, little tiny little house, little farm, built a huge thing, made made them a millionaire. Look, and so what's really crazy about Google, what's really commendable, is they've taken all their data centers and they power all their data centers 100% on renewable energy. It's smart business too. They don't it's have to pay for business. it. It's dope. Exactly. However, Google also makes AI that does machine learning to aut- that that help that helped build that okay it helped build that yeah, infrastructure of this. energy saving so the ai knows when to turn on more energy and use more energy and then use less energy so they've reduced their energy usage by two fractions of the previous uh model that had humans managing it so ai manages it now then they learned oh ai can learn how to optimize our energy usage maybe we could sell this technology to oil companies to use algorithms to to learn how to most efficiently extract and find oil using data from satellites and all these other third parties. They are using data and an AI to now more strategically and more efficiently extract oil so we can keep using oil longer. So they tout, go all these tech companies are touting that they are trying to create a more renewable future while also making money and incentivizing oil companies to not to keep going over but to keep going and to become more more profitable so well that's the down that's the downside of like like that's the the other side of the coin there's so many uh, it seems like with any tech circling back towards nuclear Mm -hmm. it's like this could this could be a potentially renewable or uh infinite energy source Bombs. So the name of the title of this episode is Technology and How It's Trying to Fuck You. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it, that could be good. 
like sometimes like if technology is like a really really attractive girl with a great personality makes you laugh all night and she's got a fire bod and she's smart and she got a podcast you'll definitely let her fuck you right but <laughs> if she's a former convict that has a collection of heads in her you know in her basement I'm trying to see where this metaphor of, of chocolate men like me I'm not. I'm, I don't want her to fuck me. I, I don't want. I don't want to be a part of that. Right. So <laughs> it's neither good nor nor bad. The context of technology matters. Yeah. I mean, it seems to, with anything, you know, the doom and gloom. There's been a lot of net goods. Uh, like we've been slowly progressing, just as a society, better and better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's harder because we're more aware now of the negatives than we ever were. But, I think that's just getting older, yeah. baby. I think we're we're just slaves to our time. Mm-hmm. Every every twenty eight year old, twenty eight year olds in the seventies, what were they doing? The war, man. Yeah, we gotta war, end man. the war, man. This is the worst time ever. Do we always think it's the worst time ever? Yeah. Well, even even what was it? The metric, like uh, even the twentieth century with both world wars yeah. had like less deaths than any prior century. Or yeah, something like that, or yeah, less percentage yeah, yeah. of like deaths in war, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or well, conflicts. It had to be percentages because there just weren't as many. Yeah, there weren't there as many people. Way more people, now. but but even but still, yeah. it was something like that. Like, but even for the number of people that are yeah. alive now, yeah, and like think of you know, like yeah. we we've dropped it. Very few people die. Sickness, just almost every metric you can look at, things We're have improved. Better. We're doing better. Uh, but so this was the but feel we're more good aware. Episode. Yeah, this yeah, is the feel we, good optimistic. Yeah, episode. this is dude, 2020. I'm ready. I am the, so ready. Bro. Where we got World War Three. We got AI. Why do you think I try to get this playground ready for? Yeah, that's for why these... you're looking fresh. Get, yeah, dude, you got to get ready for the war. I might man. be shipped. I might be conscripted and shipped out, and then I I, I got to go to countries where girls don't speak. Dude, they're gonna English, put you in. The, you're gonna be in proper. You're gonna get in propaganda videos. That's what they're gonna put you in. I don't know if I want to be. And it'll be looking like Hunger Games part part one and two. Oh, man. Ooh. I finally watched those. Really bad. The third, the the third book, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I'd only seen the first two when they came out, mm-hmm. and then I watched it in Denver. It was just, just an, I was like, oh man, it makes you wonder. Well, what, what happened? I I I I liked them. The I third ca- one, I kinda, part one and part two. I liked I liked them. When did you watch them? When they, when it came out? I watched them randomly. I on. Illegally, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't that. In, I didn't read the books. I didn't read the books either. I didn't read the books. But I heard from others that, um, specifically Amy, she read them and she was telling me it was like one of the issues is like the book. She kind of felt bad for the movie because like the book also doesn't do a great job. Like oh, the third okay. one, the book sucks. Like it has like a lot. Like she specifically mentioned one of the problems is, is the things they cut out from the movie in the first movie were very important. Like some critical, like small but critical things, things that could have easily been in the movie, they just trimmed that had that set up what were significant in the third book, like the relationship of Katniss to her father. It's barely touched upon yeah, in the first movie. Yeah. And and yet they they try to open up and somewhat bring in the significance in the third mm-hmm. book. But, but also there were like a lot of issues in that book anyways. So, you know, like the movie, do you stick to it? Do you try to fix it? What do you do? I mean, it, you also have to end it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the Harry Potter syndrome. Like, it's like any. I I, I think at least with Harry Potter, the books are just they're just better. The movies, oh, they're, yeah. they're, the movies are good and they're fun and they they're really great. I'm so glad they exist. I'm so glad they exist. Yeah, they're Emma great. Watson. Thank oh my you. god, thank, thank you, you, Emma. 
Thank you, J.K. Rowling, for finding Emma Watson. Thank you. National uh, Treasure. Whoever the caster was. Anyway, my point being that there's nothing more powerful than your imagination, baby. I want you listening. You listening right now. Your Listen. imagination, imagination is fucking lit. You Man. need to embrace it. You need to gr- let it grow because you, Gosh. your imagination... Albert Einstein said your imagination is more important than knowledge. He said knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the Knowledge. Planet. Knowledge. So embrace your imagination. You, your imagination is going to solve these problems that we're, that we're facing. Newton's imagination discovered Newtonian physics and gravity. He's a great example of someone, now that we can uh, switch this into positive and value and tie in all of our various topics, uh, yeah, wow, we've covered a lot, but they're all actually kind of related. Uh, is, I think, for humans, uh, what you were mentioning before, you know, what separates us from other animals and other things about this world, one of the benefits we've been able to do and just been very fortunate that our brains were capable and a lot of just different factors, food, how learning to cook, tools, all these other things, mm-hmm. led us to where we are at this point in time to be able to think beyond ourselves, think of other perspectives, uh, create new tools to better society is is creativity. And if you look at other animal species, so much energy is put into just sheer survival. Survival, procreation, mm. survival, procreation, procreation, baby. Yeah, yeah. Procreate. Yeah, that's 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 a big motivator. Yeah, it's true. It's, and for it's all, important for all these 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 animals, though. Like y- your your whole mentality is really just to try to keep yourself alive. There's not much room for play or particularly not for creativity. And that's something we've had because and we're going to continue to have it. It seems to, it should be exponential. I mean, we're hitting some of the limits with our body on age, but we'll be able to take care of that soon yeah, too. Yeah, we're working on it. Because we're working on we're working it. On I mean, I'm trying to work on the hey, spot. It was, and it was college kids. They were just trying to hook up. Any All this big stuff was just because people were trying to hook up, man. It, that, that's literally all... like. I'm learning that. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to get it. It's not, we are so simple. We try to pontificate philosophy, uh, politics. Uh-huh. Bro, we just trying to fuck. Like there's nothing, like if you, if we really just kind of understand that in our human animal instincts, we can try to engineer around it. And I think we're just trying to pretend we're greater than we actually are. I mean, well, that's how it always, always has been. One one thing the benefit, learn, bro? the benefits of a human is like I think is because we are afforded boredom and because we're afforded boredom that's a fuel for creativity. Yes, to sit there and just think of these little things. We're we're lazy and everyone's naturally lazy. We don't like to do so. We like to conserve energy as an animal and we've because we got to go enough, hunt one time that yeah, day. Yeah, we want to be have we want to invent refrigeration to store that food. We don't have to go hunt and then we invent farming and then we do all these things and then we all go vegan. And, uh, and we invent burgers. And then we sit burgers. all day on the couch scrolling Instagram. Yeah. And when, when we're occupying our minds, we're not being creative. Mm-hmm. You gotta, we got to shut our phones off. Dude, the only reason I have good ideas when I do <laughs> dishes and when I get in, in the, the shower. shower in the shower. It's because I'm not on my, I'm not doing something. Not, not on my phone. not thinking about anything except washing my it's balls. It's just like sitting there in the airport, also washing my balls. Or my bowls. My bowls. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two things you can wash in this world. Are you a bowl washer or a bowl Uh, washer? These days, I'm more of a... I'm not going to finish that. Yeah. Are you going to finish that? 
you get you, excuse me, hey, you can fish those balls. Um, but it's it's true. Like we've been so lucky in that. I think with going towards this future is where where one of our issues is that we're gonna have to figure out is that we don't have to work as hard as we do because we have all this tech and the whole goal. This is something else I heard recently, but you know, like maybe it was the Andrew Yang thing. Like the whole goal of this tech was the idea that it'll just make our lives easier. Mm-hmm. And in many ways it has. There's just things we just don't have to deal with. But one of the problems is, is we've, we've had all this tech and you know, everyone thinks, oh, email. Having an email is just gonna make your life easier. You don't have to work as much. It's so much easier to contact. Everything's way more efficient, right? Oops, now everyone, we're, we're completely connected all the time. Cell phones, it's gonna be so much easier. We, you know, when we need to be that, you know, this is going to afford us more downtime because of the inefficiencies of not having that. Oops, we work more. We work more now than we have ever done. This is my philosophical question for you, my man. Let's hear it. Is easier better? I was just having a conversation with some African American entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, yesterday for brunch. Actually, we kind of touched on it, and. We kind of talked about like, so is an easier life better? Are you happier? And this is something comedians that I've been listening to have kind of talked about as well. And as I get older and I look back at my character and look back at my life experience and the things that have been unpleasant in my life, I'm very thankful for all of them. Like all of those failures, all those mean people, they really forced me to build my character. Like all of the times that I had to take out the trash and walk up the hill instead of it just being in the kitchen, walk up the steep ass hill in the driveway and put it Mm -hmm. up at the top. Made me sculpt my legs. It made me a better runner. It made me uh, just more athletic. like I just, my dad would have me do yard work. Like I was a muscular Same. little kid because I was exercising. I was breaking my muscles down. I think that if we look at nature, if I look at graphite, no, it's okay, buddy. Graphite as opposed to diamonds. Diamonds are formed under intense heat and pressure. So great that it makes the carbon atoms form crystals. They're all connected to each other at every vertice. Like, shouldn't we look instead of for things that make life easier, but look for ways to make life meaningful, find obstacles that we want to solve, want to surmount, and then grow from there? I mean, I think that's what everyone, uh, like our new turn, and I think our advantage of now and being in now is the idea that we can, we have the freedom to search for meaning. Even looking at uh, the parents' generation, all these other, you know, like their one goal was to provide for their kids. And it kept continuing on that. They wanted a better life for their kids than the generation that lived before. Mm-hmm. And so parents and other ones would, you know, tough it out in garbage jobs, garbage locations, you know, barely making in meets to give their kids a better education. And I think now, and like, because we can, we've been afforded affluence as a country. A lot of our younger generation, why... It's been harder for them too, particularly the types of jobs, other factors for the economy, is that our generation doesn't want to do what our parent generation's doing. You're not getting many of us going straight to Wall Street or going into traditional fields. You're getting way more people making YouTube videos, going out trying to be Startups. creative. 
doing yeah. startups, but mm-hmm. but not having to suffer through with put up with it. It's like my parents. We're they not stayed gonna in the same. take it. Yeah, we're not gonna take it. <laughs> no, but they're not like uh, very few people are gonna stay in that same job. Our generation doesn't seem to be satisfied with anything. We want to grow. We want to try to find that creative thing, uh, something unique, something that's us. Like realizing where, hey, we might not make much doing it, but my parents worked hard to give me this life, and like now I don't want to have to just return the favor. I'm not living to make my my kid's life better. But I think I think like well, you don't have any kids. Yeah. I think that's a big moment, oh, and it changed. I hear from men in my life who have had children that it's like a biological switch that's flipped like a lot it's of them supposed to like, yeah survive yeah it's your if you're if you're mentally and emotionally capable of flipping the switch if the switch isn't broken <laughs> it flips <laughs> right um and i think that changes but right now we're childless so i think we're just like trying to build the the longest bridges in town until something more important comes along but i think it is connection, man. And it is hardship. I want everybody to realize, and I don't think I talk about it enough. I go through hardship. Like, I haven't won any auditions. I'm taking some more. I I struggle every month, like, wondering if this is the month nobody's going to call me, right? Yeah. Like, that is, that is more... Uh, emotionally taxing than I imagined it would be, but I would rather do that than absolutely know what my day would look like every single day for the rest of my life. So I I, I, I don't want to say that my life is bad and it's bad and wrong, but I have challenges. I think that my life is more fulfilling because I have challenges. I want people to have challenges in their life and to overcome those challenges and become stronger. Because the challenges that we're about to face, if we're not used to facing challenges Mm -hmm. anyway, which is this generation below us, they haven't had profound challenges. They're going to have to face the most profound challenges of human history. And if they're just, if they're unable to, if they're the type of people that can't withstand that pressure of those challenges, we will not survive. And I wonder what, because we uh, we've talked about this a couple of times. Because the you know our, what glass slippers and mm-hmm. wooden shoes, uh, wooden and shoes stuff. and glass slippers. Yeah, but it's it's weird. Yeah, I don't know the solution because I I could silk slippers. That's Cinderella. You're yeah, about. because um, yes. By the, the way, OG, Cinderella, Cinderella call, hardships. Cinderella, call me, please. Cinderella. Just call me back, baby girl. We'll go get some other shoes. We'll go get some other shoes. I'll get you a pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> no, but, but Cinderella faced hardships. But yeah, I, I wonder, I'm really curious to see how it works because like there's a lot of things we can, I agree with you totally, like about the overcoming hardships. That's what you remember. You don't remember the easy class. Mm-hmm. You remember the hard classes. You remember the material because you had to put in work and thought into it. Uh, you remember those bad experiences because they can form you. And I wonder what the balance is in the net good of making the life, quote unquote, more easier if it frees you up to do more meaningful things. Maybe to choose your hardships. I think that's something yeah, for us. That's true. I think for us, both of us, uh, I'd say like the idea that we got to choose the hardship of music. Mm-hmm. We're both We're both smart. And our fans will um, certainly let us know. I, I, dis- I disagree. I don't know about this, but I think but, you're smart. No, no, Isaac. <laughs> no, but like I bet if if the Drew Ford wanted to 
tomorrow to switch a field, you probably could do it this time. I, I, I don't think I've it'd be as easy as we it. think I've for others. Th- I've been thinking about it. But if you yeah. if you wanted to, I think we were just <sighs> us and many of our friends too, our classmates in musical. There's a good chance a significant portion of them could have done something else, mm-hmm. something else that was made more profitable. Uh-huh. It was the choice to do the arts, uh-huh. uh, and I think it could be a net good for more people to to be afforded that choice to still they can choose the hardship, not be forced to have the hardship. Mm-hmm. Because yes, there we we hear all the we hear all these stories about some of our most famous people, you know. You know, surviving on dollars at their lowest peak, sleeping on couches, being homeless, and then they become these great and strong people. And we mm-hmm. applaud those stories because we love we love a comeback. We like people overcoming in America. It makes us feel good. And there's there's tons of those stories around there. Mm-hmm. But what I what we don't hear about is all the stories of the person who starved and then died, <laughs> the person who went through the hardship and didn't make it, or then kept having. They had their kids, and then that kid experienced hardship, and then they had that kid, and this generational poverty. We only hear the good stories because that's Mm -hmm. a lot of our successful people. Most Mm -hmm. have overcome hardship. We don't like talking about the ones who didn't overcome Mm -hmm. the hardship, the one whose parents were actors, and now they're actors, Mm -hmm. and then their kids are going to be actors, and then their kid's a producer, then their kid's a politician, and then an actor, and then lawyer, and whatever. Like We don't don't like hearing the stories because it's not a really interesting story. You know, we like these hardships. And so we hear about those. So we think that that either that's the only way or that's how you do it or that's common. So then we justify having people starve. Uh, we justify. And for me, I'm wondering, you know, if you can crunch the numbers, is is it worth it for one person to come out on top if 100 people are starving? Versus mm-hmm. if, like a UBI, which again, I'm not really for, but one of the ideas behind it, if you free people from some of the Hardships that we don't have to subject people to, food scarcity, food, housing, education, medical. Like if you, if you just cover some of these bases, like does this person need to get sick in order to overcome? Or if we free them up to choose hardship, an inventor, something creative, mm-hmm. uh, programming, whatever it is, to solve problems. I think I was afforded, the, I haven't had many health other than allergies, like very few health issues, very few health scares, very few family troubles. Like overall, compared to most people, it's a fairly clean state. Mm. I got to choose my hardships and like to create on the creative aspect, trying to overcome things in that field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look at some of our classmates. We got to we we were just afforded the chance to choose our hardships, mm-hmm. and I think we can still experience them without undue suffering to others. It goes back to the whole, you know, the starving artist thing. We don't have to starve. No, and I don't plan to. And, and I'm I trying not to. I don't plan to. It's not. It's not in the plans for me. the The key here, though, is I'm realizing that in our current system, it requires that we win the game, quote uh-huh. unquote, and then make a choice. Either we enjoy the spoils of our winnings, exclusively live for ourselves and our family, or we spend, instead of our time trying to win the game again and again and again, we then flip the switch and try to help people, other people learn and win the game in turn. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people get mad at famous and successful people. Uh, And it becomes a slippery slope uh, where they think that 
famous and rich people need to come and save them. Mm-hmm. And while I do agree, yeah, there are a lot of people that are taking from the ecosystem and not giving it back. I think finding that way to give back is important. And yeah, and I don't know if as many people that could are doing that. And so I want to be a person that, you know, I don't feel like I'm successful, but I'm definitely more successful than some. So I need to figure out a way to continue to give back. And, and Putting the ladder back down. That. You know, not pulling up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, behind yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I got up here. Let me just like replace it there so somebody else can climb. I know? think in music, we're in some of the arts in general. I think we're luckier in that aspect, in that it's it's kind of built into the tradition somewhat. Mm-hmm. You teach, you take on students, you have proteges. Um, it's for- not perfect. It's not perfect, but they're compared to business. Like, there's nothing in the core of business that says you should be a mentee to others. Mm, that's true. The only that's thing you'd true. ever do that for is to raise your success for, successor to take over your company or to, to you know, nepotism to get, hand it off to your kid was it versus, you, like, music. Was it you yeah. that told – somebody told me recently that in when you become a publicly traded company, there's a provision that kind of encourages you to do whatever it takes to make your company more profitable. I don't think I mentioned it, but that's what, that's capitalism. You want to be more profitable. But there's an actual thing I heard that uh, in terms of ethics with your business, if you know of a way to make more money, you need to do that for your stockholders. If you don't. Yeah, them and the the shareholders. Yeah, no, there's something, it's like built in there. You could be brought to task. And I think that that measure is dangerous because if, you can raise your stocks, but that means you got to fire a lot of people. You got to pollute the environment. You got to do this. You got to do that. But you dodge still, labor laws, you, push money. Yeah, around. you have you have to do something. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the system itself is kind of broken in that way. And I'm starting to I'm starting to learn about how the system is broken. So sometimes people are bo- they're kind of bottlenecked into these impossible situations, both politically and in business. And I think that operating outside the system is the way to make sure that things are done right. Well, I think, and, yeah. and another thing this all just boils down to is just like our issue, particularly in America with money and excess, yeah. is it's it's a never-ending game. When you when you when you break into a billion dollars, it's it's high score. You're you're going for the high score. You you'll never <laughs> you don't have you have no need for that type of wealth, um, other than to like climb the ranks. And I think one of the tricky things is like the. And why vouch for something, you know, some type of moral capitalism, which is, is that like if, if the difference between getting a 5%, like whatever, whatever number of metric it is, like 5% profits off that year versus 7% profit, uh, you're still in the green, you're still making money. If it's, you know, having your workers be on food stamps, um, taking advantage of, of loopholes, not contributing to your country, not contributing to your people, uh, hurting other countries. Like if, if it's, you're fighting for every last dollar, if you're still winding up in the green, you're fine. But to the, like to fight for every little, little mm. last penny and to sacrifice any sense of moral responsibility, uh, it should be frowned upon. Bro, you know what I'm realizing? I just realized That's when here. you were talking. I keep, I, I've been on this slump over the past couple of weeks feeling like I'm not being 
thankful, I'm not being grateful enough. And I think it's just because of somebody I was talking to during the time. But I am grateful and I am thankful for my life. And I just realized that I'm not a piece of shit because <laughs> I feel this way like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And you know how much money I made last year, bro? I made $25,000. And I feel guilty about making that much money and like I need to do more to give back. And it's like you need more. I don't think I don't think I don't think I'll get to be a millionaire and then it'll I'll ever feel like I don't need to give back. Yeah. I, I, I like feel, I still, I feel it now when I'm poor. Like, that's so crazy. I never, it's also kind of, it's like. And I'm, I feel better I'm continually that, always you know? giving, it's like, I've never made above $50,000 in one year. And even that, and often because, I mean, one of our problems is the moment stuff comes in, I have to reinvest and get better equipment, get, yeah. you know, something. Or, or it's out to rent. Or it's or your taxes. Lady. Yeah, <laughs> or something. But, yeah. yeah, it's like, I was like legally, like income, it's like you know, poverty, like this past year after like a move. And I still feel guilty because at least in New York, everything was like, some things were low paying, but it was the giving back. And I think mm. one of the things we talked about uh, recently is that that sense of even I in being currently the career up until this year with a new position is was unsustainable uh, and was really rolling the dice on, on this thing we call... Uh, an arts career mm-hmm. um, and that it's, you know, not paying off financially, mm-hmm. but maybe in other ways, just hoping that at some point the work will pay off mm-hmm. and that it will extend to others. And yet we're still trying to do outreach. I'm still, we'll take on these students at a significantly reduced cost or doing freebie things, helping those out because it's the right thing to do. And we can barely support ourselves. Yeah. And then the thing, because uh, people have been talking about it recently, because we're looking at donations, we're talking, we're having more honest conversations about billionaires, millionaires, like who has all this money. And and they say, of course, uh, this is an Andrew Yang thing. He's like, one of the problems with the political system uh, is that, he's like, you think about how many people would want to contribute to politics or, you know, to have a voice, a voice through money uh, in the current system. They can't because we have to survive. I can't be making... Uh, campaign donations to whoever I want because I just don't, I barely have enough flexibility to make sure that that student loan is going to make it get paid on time. Mm-hmm. And think about that across the uh, America. It's like, do I pay my medical bill or do I donate to a campaign who I don't know who's mm-hmm. going to go on? Mm-hmm. Or if you're a billionaire, like we have several in this, uh, this election cycle, uh, some real, some fake, uh, they're in, they, they can just, do, they can just buy, buy, buy their way in and they've done it. Mm-hmm. They've done it successfully. Mm-hmm. And they have disposable income to voice that. That's so that funny. What is disposable income, man? Yeah. I would love. Dude, I'm to trying be, to dispose. I would have so much fun, dude, if I'm I trying, had disposable income. Dude, I'm trying to dispose. Me? If someone's oh, trying to dispose. Oh. Hey, I might even, you know, treat Patreon. myself and go on, go on a, 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 go to a fucking concert, man. I know. What? what? Instead of playing in one, actually going and seeing it. Nice. What? What? But, what? So they, they've looked at all these people and and while when someone's like, how could you criticize so-and-so? They gave away, uh, you know, $50 million. Mm. And and $50 million is a huge number in our head. We're like, wow, that is great. You know, they're like, have you given away $50 million? And But then when, when you have billions and billions of dollars, like, oh, that's 
one percent. I've given away a dollar to my cousin. They're like the it, when they put it in yeah. the equivalents. They're like that's the equivalent of someone who makes sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars giving away twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Suddenly that fifty, that fifty or five million or whatever it is, isn't quite so big anymore. Yeah, and we just can't. We, we until a certain point, they just it's get hard creative to financial money. Yeah, it's hard to That's be creativity. able to when they're yeah, their money makes money. Yeah, but um, it's creativity, man. Even even with the whole idea of like effective altruism or whatever, where the guy, I I, and I think about this like, what is the most effective use of like money or impact? And for us, we don't have a lot of money. I can't be donating a lot of that. Time is what I try to contribute. Time and like knowledge or perspective of things I've seen still in it. I mean, that's what, that's all this podcast is. We're, you know, We're just, I mean, other than the millions we make, we've lost, you know, it's, we've invested in this. Uh, it's not a huge financial endeavor, but it's, it's commentary thoughts trying to share with often, you know, the younger people coming out there mm-hmm. or who just want to hear us talk about our wieners um, or uh, World War Three. I really like, I really like circling back and hearing my dick jokes. Yeah, isn't it nice? Like yeah. once a week, you have to listen back. Like, wait, we're talking about nuclear like, war. Our wieners. I was watching. I was watching Delirious. The other I mean, night. I don't know anything about this. What is uh, it's Eddie Murphy's special. From oh, the old one where he wears the red jacket. That's that, 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 It's a it's a red pantsuit. When you when you you pull it, yeah. When you mention that, I'm like, that's yeah. one of the probably one of the most. That's arguably top ten. One of the most famous. Oh, it's it's segments. incredible. He's 22 when he did that. He was 20. He was 22. 22. He was 22. That was 37 years ago. He is 59 years old today. Right? That he was 22. Get his com his comedy was way more complex. He did have some dick jokes. He did actually take a camera and flip it uh on his junk and took it on stage. <laughs> it was hilarious. But like these I'm thinking you maybe maybe dick jokes are for young young men. Those are some young man jokes. I want to make some some manly jokes, you know. What I'm Old saying? man. Some, what, what, what was, what's something? Uh, what was what's something a man would joke about? Would he, hey, my four hundred one k is depleting because my child just got the flu. <laughs> yeah, what do what do men joke about? I don't know. That isn't dicks. I don't know. That's the weird. That's the problem because in the end, it all seems to come back to the dick. I need I need some older men as friends, so I can I can have some role models. Because I don't know if my role models are the best influence on me because <laughs> they're like my age, <laughs> or they're comedians. Shout out! Yeah, we're we're gonna put a call <laughs> a call out for old dudes. Yeah, I'm I'm open I'm open to being friend being friends with some old dudes that. Hopefully, brothers. You know, I want. Some, I need an old black dude who's like made a lot who's of like money. Seen it. Who, seen who's it. made a lot of money, been very successful as a business person. They can help me. Like they can just tell me what it's like. <laughs> what is it like, dude? I just love seeing people. It's like it's like you just know they have stories. Yeah. It's just like that's. Yeah. They've lived. They've lived a life. They've seen some things, and they've experienced it, and they've. You know what it is telling me? I think I need to read more. That's what Will Smith says. Do people have been mm-hmm. posting all of these uh, since the the end of a year and the beginning of another? Obama. They've been posting all of those. All my top ten, top twenty books yeah. I read, and I'm like looking Obama's. at that like a like yeah. a big idiot. 
I'm just like, yeah. oh man, dude, if I posted Who's my your my book book books was, read it, this year, it'd be it so be, sad. It'd just be a photo of of like my my iPad and like a half finished Audible and, and, and like and like a weird YouTube playlist, yeah. just random. I don't feel too guilty because I need to remind myself that both of us we read an insane amount of articles. It's like if I printed that out there, I'd be I'd be very confident and be very humble. But actually, my problem is I don't think I read enough creative things. I read too many serious things. Yeah, I too much too much nonfiction, so to speak. And I think one thing that I miss from the childhood is all I did as a kid was read fantasy. Just start start read some comedy. Me too. I yeah. did fantasy. Too. Like something fun. I realized I'm I'm only reading these not self help but ideas. Yeah. Um, Seth Godin. Yeah. Yeah. Your Seth Godin. Yeah. Mark. Uh, Mark Manson. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. And then the billions yeah. of hours of podcast and. And yeah. I think one thing I miss is just reading the something for entertainment that spurs creativity. Because I mm. do feel, in hindsight, I was like, oh, I was like a more Harry Potter bro. intellectually engaged kid, and I think it's because yeah. I was I was able to detach myself from the world. Did you ever read the Pendragon series? No, bro, I would get on Explain. that. Explain. Okay, so there's this uh, this this main Pen character. Dragon. I read it. How many I read are it. there? Oh, there are like eight. I think it's it's a nice science fiction series. Okay. I read it when I was in high school, and a little bit in college too, just to finish it out. Uh, but it's about this guy named Bobby Pendragon, and he's just this regular like sixteen year old kid. It starts out he's talk he like it's making out with this chick. Like it's like the first. <laughs> so I was like, this you, is very high school. He landed. He this landed. Is perfect me. for high school. But it turns out he's like this thing called a traveler. And travelers go through these portals called flumes that go between worlds. Uh And travelers are meant to arrive at the right place at the right time. Uh, And this right place at right time is any space and time in the history of that, what they're called territories, uh, right at a turning point where it is spells like either the eventual utopian resolution of that territory mm-hmm. or the cataclysmic apocalyptic. So you have to end. like finish the scenario. So you have to go there and influence the events of that territory to go to the positive side or they descend into chaos in perpetuum mm-hmm. forever. And there's an evil entity whose name is St. Dane who's out to destroy all of these territories. Um, I don't now that I'm considering and thinking about it, I don't know what his motivation was. I think I have <laughs> to I think I have to go back and read him again. But it's very interesting and it was fun because he deals with time and science fiction concepts and it's I, I mean, I I wanna just read more of these because I'm just curious because I think about it. Like what we kind of do in music is somewhat fantasy. And I think I miss that because it's I don't like I, I've been watching more of it, like all of Game of Thrones and these uh, other types of series, and it's like I, need, I think I need to read more of these these fictions, these worlds. Uh, a good one. Um, you should read my brother's book. He's coming out what? with a book. He's got a book. Shout out! Woo. Yeah, uh, he's just editing it right now, but he's a science fiction writer, and so oh, I, I spent it. the past week and a half. Oh, just you know? like talking it out. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and I'm going through it right now. Uh, he emailed me a copy exclusive. Exclusive. So uh, definitely when it drops. No, I, I'm I'm curious, particularly like to read out. like these, these 
just this particular genre because that was like a bulk of my childhood mm-hmm. where too. I was kind of, it allowed me, I think that I, I give it a great amount of credit mm-hmm. for allowing me to kind of escape the downsides of where I grew up mm-hmm. um, in that particular area, an area where there's just almost nothing uh, in that particular part of, of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, industry's gone. Mm-hmm. It's it's a poor area. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of like issues and very like trapped and isolated. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to read about these other worlds, your Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter's, uh, two other series. One I think is very different. One in the the realm of a Lord of the Rings, and that it's more medieval, uh, Middle Ages was Redwall, the Redwall series. Oh, like, I used to read. That. I read all of them. Oh, you read? Oh, you like nerd. like twenty? How oh, many? Twenty five books? Fucking nerd. So many, and I read it multiple times. I read Marl Wolf. Yeah, like yeah Marl. Oh, I read all like the belt. Bell Dude, I didn't understand it. It was too much for me. So I read all those. How did you get it? I How did you understand? Reading all those, and I was like did in elementary school. I know. So I was like, did they make sense? I can't even speak to it. I remember I just wrote reread them, reread them, read them. I'd stay up. That's late why you needed to, because they don't make fucking sense. I don't remember <laughs> understanding anything because that was going on. The problem is when you try to understand the timeline because it weaves in and out. And yeah. so like these three books are kind of related, but then this one happens before this one. Wait, you read them for the reading test to get all those points? That dude, I crushed the reading Bro. test. Bro. I, dude, I would, I started the comprehension to, like, tests. The, yeah. Was it AR or something? Yes. Yeah, baby. Reading. Oh my God. Dude, you I, had it that got, there too? Dude, man, because I waxed. Is AR still a, a thing? I was an, I don't I hope not. I was a little kid and a little nerd. Um, which wasn't hard to do in my my area. Like if like if I went to like a if I was in like a smart kid area, I'd be spravid. But I remember because all I do I just liked reading. I so I read all these books because I was tiny. I wasn't playing sports. That's why I read, yeah. dude. Ar. That's dude. the only way I read I for points. About it. And I was like super competitive, yeah. so I'd always like win yeah. the medal. And like the yeah, you read school. all the long. Well, for me, books. I'd read all the books. You know, you'd read above your your age. But after yeah. a while, <laughs> I was just like good at tests. So yeah. I would take tests, AR tests on books I hadn't read. Because if you just hit a percentage, and so they probably like they probably should stop me and be like, there's no way this kid read it because I didn't. I would just be like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, like I know how to take multiple choice tests. So I'd cheat and just straight up take tests on books I never read. I remember that distinctly. So I was a smart kid, but for the wrong reasons. Are you telling me I have a podcast with a motherfucking cheater? Cheater, dude. I was an AR mother- cheater. AR cheater. An AR. The worst cheating of the worst. The scum <laughs> of the earth. I hated kids like you because I That's had a I principle uh-huh. where I would never take a test until I read the last word in that book. I had principles. Oh, I hated kids like you. Kids like you couldn't sit with me at lunch. See, my thing was. It's like, I I was like a smart kid, but in the wrong way. All I did was try to find loopholes. If you're listening to this episode right now (laughs) and you're not driving and you have access to Twitter, can you tell me, were you a completionist or were you an accelerated reader with Accelerated cheater. Accelerated cheater. That's better. Were you, yeah, were you a completionist or an accelerated cheater? I need to know. I need to know what kind of listenership I have. I think that's why it's like, uh, yeah, I was, I did everything I could to minimize my work, like homework. I do everything I could just to get the A and stop. And I think that's one of the, there were some perks in that I just, I did things to reduce time in order to give me time to do other stuff. Uh-huh. 
like to play mm-hmm. and to just sit around and think. And then it, it's something that kind of helped because then finally like getting through high school and getting into college and realize you can't do that anymore. It's why I took college college seriously. I worked hard in college. Most people go off and have fun and do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I was really behind. I realized I had just not cheated, but kind of, you know, like cheated in a sense myself of like learning how to actually work hard. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, 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 yeah. but I'm serious. <laughs> and so like I had like lazied my way through because. No, you found the yeah. most, the most, the the path of least resistance. Oh, I think it was. that's a brilliant. Yeah brilliant instinct that you have that I just don't I did but until I got into college and into real life you realize the negatives of that particularly in music you can't path of least resistance your way through music so Mm -hmm. I show up and I was really bad because I had done enough to but they didn't kick you out they didn't because I had to switch rapidly to to finally figure out how to improve I had to practice hard I had to study do all my homework and I think there's an advantage. I wasn't tired of it by the time I showed up at college because I hadn't done any of it. I show up there and I was able to- like, what? Oh, this this working hard shit's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Holy so shit. So I, I needed to <laughs> because I hadn't, I'd literally just never done it ever. Wait, reading books? This is kind of for the test? <laughs> wait what? a minute. Wait, I'm learning? What? If Wait, if you study, you're telling me I can you can understand it. You can understand stuff? But I know, it was true. I was like- uh, so I've kind of like seen like both sides of just being like very lazy uh-huh. and just finding that path least resistance. But I devoted a lot of energy to the shortcuts. Look at Shiloh deep throat in that he's, ruler. He's trying to eat eat that ruler. Uh, Shiloh, I'd advise against that. Yeah, bro. dude, he's been good. He's been guys. It's been so cute. I took photos. Shiloh's been like cuddling up to do this entire episode. Yo. He's just been sleeping beside him on the couch. We we've shifted to our new ladies. <laughs> I'm comfy. I'm super cuddly. All right, Shadi. I'll let you boy. Wait. He's just looking at Roller. Yeah, he's like. But mm. I'm like, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, believe this. So, it's, so the last couple episodes, Drew was sick and I'm sick. Now we're both finally done with travels. We're back. It's a new yeah. year. I want to I want to be funnier in the new year, man. I want us to do more of those bits like we did at the beginning. Dude, we're going like to get the, in there. Like a Ted Bundy episode. I think we've just been tired like, too. Bro, I think we've just been getting so serious. <laughs> We we gotta stop watching the news. It's just like I'm gonna start cheating comedy. on AR. I'm gonna start taking AR tests again. I'm gonna Bro. find them online. Wait, we gotta do a uh, we gotta do a reading a book club with our listeners. We gotta like read some stuff. Like oh. I want to read Obama. I screenshotted Obama's uh, books of the decade or books of the year, and I'm gonna start reading some of them because like I want to get. Because he had that, he had that movie I list. Look, I look, say what you will about politics. Say what you will about anything. I don't care. Obama is such an incredible person to me. And it's hard to a, deny. As a even black if, man. Even if someone, it's I've known some like very conservative people. And like one thing they'll say particularly now is like, it's like even if even if you disagree with everything he, he says or does, that dude's a respectable person. Bro, you don't understand how important Obama is. You have Obama to know is. he's like, he's, he's smart, he's human, he's- Can you can you go down this rabbit hole for me? America, 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 America. Purple. Bill Cosby used to be- <laughs> All right, continue. America's father on the Cosby show. He used to be the model for what an educated mm-hmm. African-American who has a wife, 
faithful to his wife, has kids, well off, funny, wholesome. Black people were not portrayed like that in the media. Mm -hmm. So a generation of black people, black men in particular, who had no role models, grew up with Bill Cosby as their... And so that's why it's so fucked up to see the type of person he actually is. Well, he's America's dad. He was America's dad. Turns out he's America's rapist dad. He, that's not a, that is not a man, okay? Yeah. But Obama became the fucking president, president of the United States. President of the United States. President. He has a incredible wife. Michelle Obama is one of she the is, most accomplished Americans. It's insane. Period. And his kids are great and normal. Obama, as normal as you could be. I, I, as, as swaggy as he is... There was no way he was... Michelle Obama was the only type of woman that was going <laughs> to make that man happy. And also the only type of woman that could... She's the wife of the president. Yeah. And I think of since Eleanor Roosevelt, we haven't really had... Or Hillary Clinton. We really mm-hmm. haven't had like women that have like been so badass on mm-hmm. such a fundamental level. Educated. As a first lady. With yeah. a doctor. As a first lady. And so seeing that as Obama for African American communities oh, it's around the, the first world, family it's type deal. look, it's the whole like, package. He is everything that I think black men should be aspiring to in terms of achievement, in terms right. of how and they hold themselves, empathy. Yeah, how how they interact with people who are less powerful than them. How he is so altruistic. And then, like, looking at this stuff, a person, like, I want to be like that. I want to grow up and be He's like that. He's someone to aspire to. Because, like, you, like they... Yeah. And he he had some fun growing up. He's mm-hmm. made mistakes. He's recovered. He just... He handles everything with grace while still being funny. Grace. Grace. Yeah. That is the word. Yeah. Great. He's a graceful man. Yeah. I want to be a graceful man. And attract me a Michelle Obama with some word. fire, with some arms. I know I can leave the crib. And she... <laughs> she my kids are cool. She can throw some punches. You know what I'm saying? And plus, like their their relationship's adorable too. Like, yeah, she she she, she gives. She him don't the let him slack. Time. No, no. When he mm-hmm. messes up, she's making fun of him all the time. And I love See, it. See, I need me a woman like because I'd be like I'd be keeps him. She left keeps him in my in own check. devices. Keeps left to my own devices. She she he's a better man because she's around. Yeah, that's for sure. who doesn't want that man. But so I need to read me some books, <laughs> dude. I, yeah, more of the story. Read. Uh, do better. Uh, stay stay calm through World War Three. Oh um, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Oh, you're, you you yeah, want to go? Re, you want to wrap this, it up? Let's give this sign off because we've been. It's been good. It's, it's good been, to be back. It's, it's good, good to be, be back, back in the thing. Do you want to get back together? You want to get back together sometime? Let's get back together. We'll do this again. We're gonna do. I'm gonna start asking together. people to come through. Some people Good. that I've been working with. You, you down? I'm down. down. I'm down. Let's just do, 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 do y'all hit us on Twitter. You want some more guests? Particularly if y'all, yeah, some more guests and guest ideas. We got yeah. a bunch lined up. Who you want I'm us also, to have a conversation Also, we're going, with. if anyone's at NAM, hit us up. We're going to We're, we're going to be there. Through. We're going to be there. I'm going to definitely be there Tuesday. I mean, sorry, Thursday and Friday. I'm thinking um, I'm shooting for at least Friday. I'm going to be doing Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Matt Bell, uh, friend of the pod. We'll uh, hit up the plan. We'll, he we'll, has we'll a fiddler hang that's happening, so we're going to be- Word. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. schedule it out. Now that we know what it's about and that it's dope, we'll hit well, it up. I know maybe, exactly what it is. So we'll, we'll make it- we'll I'll make tell it you when you're going to show up. 
That's what I like. Unless you don't want to. I'll be there. Okay. I'll be there. All yeah. right. Artistic director in the house. In the house. We got CEO. the executive producer. The in EP, the doghouse. The doghouse. Speaking of doghouse, this dog's going to pee on my carpet. Yeah, so, so all right, everybody. Uh, now that we, you've you've heard uh, a lot of geopolitical uh, gobbledygook from unqualified people, uh, we hope you have the best the best day. Yeah, and, and uh, give us five stars. And uh, five leave stars. Leave us funny reviews or else I'm going to find your cute puppy and I'm going to poke it in the eye uh, while giving it a, a treat. Matthew McConaughey. I I like how we end on veiled threats that really aren't yeah. threats, but kind of just mild inconveniences. <laughs>